What's going on, everyone? Joe and Mike, Build Assets Online. Today, we're going to be walking you through one of our old PLs of a store that we sold. And we're going to revealing, be revealing the products, the profits, everything that you guys want to see, everything you guys are curious about. And this is an idea you had, Mike. And frankly, it's a, it's a pretty good one. It came to me in the middle of the night, Joe, like a premonition. People <laughs> want to see actual sales. They want to see what high ticket dropshipping really looks like. And so what better way to do this than to just look at one of our early day P&Ls. So this is from 2019. So I don't want to hear about, you know, the COVID sales bump. I don't want to hear about, oh, you know, this is things are different now, whatever. Things are really the same. Things are not much different. Maybe this the prices change, the suppliers are going to change, but people will see kind of through the variety of sales that we're going to show, really how how big you can grow a store because this was really this, we're going to show um, a month where we profited almost six thousand dollars, but you'll see by the end of it how expandable this store could have been if we started adding more suppliers, adding more product types, and um, different things like that. Yeah. So, by the way, uh, are we revealing the domain of this? Is this store even still up? It's not even up for us to reveal the domain. Um, okay. So I, I don't think it's necessary. But people will kind of get the gist of the store yeah. from what we show here. So I have the profit and loss statement up here. And um, I cut out, obviously, people's names and, and stuff like that for, you know, security purposes. But... I guess um, a couple things we can initially look at. So you can see me uh, playing can, around right here. Can you zoom in? Because I feel like your monitor is so big that when you screen share, it makes it hard to see. Yeah. Um, how do I zoom? Okay. I uh, could press. Okay. Better? I would do one more. One more. One more. One more. Holy canola. Okay. It looks um, way bigger for me, actually. Okay. So one thing I want to point people towards. Right, so if we're gonna have a $6,000 profit month, how many sales do we need to make? So you'll see here like these blank ones. Actually, this is basically, I think something that was canceled down the line. So I basically just made it inert. Um, so anything with a subtotal here was actually an active order. And so we could see the um, actual revenue number or the subtotal was about 56,000. The count was 44, meaning this is 44 individual orders. And the average uh, order value looks like it was around 1300 bucks. So is that all clear from, yeah, it's on the uh, bottom there. Where I was um, I'm not sure people can see this. I feel like you should definitely freeze the top rows. I, I will do that. Uh, where is the view? view freeze one row boom okay cool so yeah we're just going to kind of go through really all i did was kind of couple this with a little um set of slides as to what some of these things look like so we could start from the top here actually this is a reverse order, oh but... mike i'm seeing something interesting on here because you know we told this story we haven't told it in a while actually but this store was actually a store that we tried to do the, uh, you know, BS AliExpress low ticket model. Oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we would set, we still had those products. We stopped advertising them on, on Facebook and everything, but I still see some of those products and we would actually sell them through one of our kind of like throwaway Google ads campaigns. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that too. I did want to um, get into that. So Paul asked, what's the ad spend on that 50 K? So the ad spend collectively. Well, well, we're going to get into that. Watch till the very end and hit, <laughs> well, and hit subscribe if you like this content. Listen, I don't give a shit. You can see it. The Google ads was 4,800. Shopify fee was 116. Bing was 607. Facebook. I don't know what that was. So overall, about 4,800. So somewhere between a 12 and 15x return on ad spend. Um. But anyway, let's just get into some of these products. So the first thing we sold was a Summit Appliance 15-inch clear ice maker. And so this was an item that did not have any map. So mm -hmm. the margins were pretty bad. I mean, by bad, it's 10%. Whoop-de-doo. 
still making a hundred bucks, nothing to sneeze at. And we weren't really bidding very much on them on these because as a non-map supplier, it's going to be harder to scale. And so, you know, you don't want to put your, all your eggs into a basket where somebody can just come and undercut you. Right. So bidding low, when a sale comes in, great, make a hundred bucks, whatever. So this is what one of these products looked like. I was having trouble finding it. I don't think it's really around anymore. And I'll tell you something else. Mm -hmm. This brand was shit. And uh, what do you mean? Like it broke a lot in terms of quality. Yeah. And we, we happen to know an ice maker repairman who has yeah. said personally that this is the worst brand of ice makers that exists. Oh, yes, we do. We do know. <laughs> Every time I would bring up Summit, he would uh, shudder a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I also wanted to take a look at some product pages, like where people are selling these, because nobody's doing anything special on these product pages and if you were selling this item there's no reason why you can't make a better product page than this <laughs> this one was particularly hard to find because i it might not be around anymore but that was that next up here we have a well we had that sunny designs thing but we didn't sell it so i uh excluded it we had a valley dynamo uh, bumper pool table excluded that we had another summit appliance um clear ice maker did i add that one in here yeah i did so again basic basic ice maker how much did we make on this joe 132 132 nothing to sneeze at nothing to sneeze at again 10 percent margin you'll see on this first one here somebody used a coupon code so that's actually why we lost a little bit of um that makes sense I don't see the coupon code anymore. Oh, so I think it so you see the discount code in row F or column F. I yeah. think that basically that affected the subtotal. So Okay. You get what I'm saying? So this the, you see how it's like one one two three dot ten. That already has the, the coupon uh, amount subtracted. So Oh oh yeah. sorry. I thought I thought you moved on to uh, six row six. But... I just wanted to point out that coupon yeah. code um area yeah yeah, yeah. Gonna ask what that is so yeah yeah and berkman unfortunately i couldn't get access to the ad account um i didn't have time to like dig around and see if i could get into it but that would be a separate video i think to kind of look at what everything uh <laughs> how everything transpired but so this video is nothing to sneeze at that's true this right, video has nothing to sneeze at <clears throat> anyway, we gotta we gotta go fast for the zoomers, Joe. We gotta yeah, go all right, hurry up, hurry up. Okay. Next thing we sold was a Sunny Designs Rustic Oak Swivel Bar Stool. Nice. Basic. You know, I gotta pull up the sheet on my own so I can start basic stuff. And so we get into this back and forth of like, oh, you know, is this product niche enough? Is it too complicated? Whatever. There's so much variety of stuff that you can sell. And something like a bar stool, yeah, it's a it's a common thing that everybody thinks of. But because of that, there's gonna be a lot of suppliers that just exist. So the likelihood of finding um the likelihood of finding like a under the radar supplier is pretty yeah. high. The so cool there's different ways to dip into yeah. the market. The cool thing, I mean, this is a pretty low ticket product, to be honest with you, but the margin was good. And we sold two of them in this particular sale. If you look at the line item quantity. Right. So shipping cost was basically pretty low for us. And so that kind of gave us a, I mean, but here's the thing, right? We made less on those than we made on those uh, refrigerators. But this right. is the map. Right. Right. And maybe it was an easier sell because it was so cheap. Right. Well, also, Ooh. if is the no, never mind. I'm thinking the line. Oh, that the line below it. That's a canceled order, right? You said that earlier. I was looking at the uh, row eight, but that one is just canceled. I guess different order. Right. 
Right. So I didn't add like every single item here. If it was another bar stool, then, you know, I'm not just going to add it. You get the fucking point. But um, yeah, so that's that. Sold another ice maker, made 106 bucks. And then we get into row 11 here, which is an Alavino flex count two door wine refrigerator. So let's take a look at this. Kind of contrary to what we saw with Sunny Designs, and I was saying, oh, you know, you can kind of dip in and find some like low key suppliers for really common product types. This is something where Alavino is like the most drop shipping saturated supplier I've ever seen. Mm. And this was true back in 2019. And so what you had was really, I don't know what you call it, but I, this was not something we really tried to bid very hard on. We would sell kind of a bunch of these, but the margin, we made like 55 bucks on this, which is really bad. So now it's like a 5% margin. Now, let me ask you this. If I remember correctly, or maybe I'm hallucinating this, is all were all their products necessarily super competitive? Because didn't they sell or didn't they have some other offshoot brands? We're going to get into that, Joe. Okay. <laughs> all right. So that's not just in my imagination. We're going to get into it. Right. So, yeah, these Alavino wine fridge, because wine fridge was like the most common idea for dropshipping back in, you know, the yeah. late 2010s. And so Alavino was letting everybody in. Everybody's competing over these these products. They had map, but the margins were just terrible as well. So people ask, oh, is this good margin? Is that good margin? It's not like I was bidding crazy, but a sale comes in. Okay, we make 55 bucks. Yeah. And I also want to mention, people are going to ask, oh, how, um, like, who was running this? How much were you spending on employees? Stuff like that. So the truth is we had basically one employee and she was managing a few stores or working, working amongst a few stores. So she was getting paid to the U S employee. She was getting paid maybe 13, 14 an hour. And what is that a month? 2000 something, but you spread that among three stores, maybe even four stores. I don't even, I don't remember it works out to be pretty good. And this is a store you could totally have a VA run if they're a good VA. Yeah. So, and, and it's not like she was overworked. I mean, we're looking at dealing with this, this whole sheet is like less than 50 orders. And it's not like all of them are, um, you have to communicate with all of them. Right. This is less than two sales a day. Yeah. So it's like, what does she do? What does she do all day? She takes a few calls for this one particular store dances a few calls sends in some purchase orders fulfills some trackings so she's taking it ease at this point she was taking it ease a little bit probably but yeah i mean when you add on the other stores it kind of created more of a workload and then you know if it got too much then we could kind of plug someone in to either handle a task or you know, take an individual store all to themselves. Um, yeah, actually, we had a we had a situation recently uh, with one of our students who, you know, he was concerned about because he, he was from a different country and he was making a store in a different language. And so he was concerned about he wouldn't be able to find like a super cheap VA. And he was concerned that once he um, brought in someone, say, at twenty five hundred a month or three thousand a month, that it was going to eat so much into his profit margins that it wasn't going to be worth it. And I think what this goes to show you is once you know what you're doing, you can just scale it up in different directions. Cause this, this is truly the perfect example of, yeah, we had one U S based employee. She was making 2,500 or something, 3000 a month. And you know, if we had had her just on this, first of all, she wouldn't be able to fill up her day. And second of all, it would cut so much into the margin that 
it wouldn't be worth it for us. But our philosophy has always been, I think we actually learned, we learned this from, from Shramko in a way. Yeah, I was going to say is that. that uh, when you hire someone, it allows you to, you know, p- keep putting stuff on their plate, I guess. Right. Like I, I'm trying to think of how to explain the philosophy, but I guess it's that you can think outside the box when it comes to somebody's overall job. People like are used to the corporate structure where everything is like you're in this little box of what you do, but it doesn't have to be like that. You can hire somebody. And like I said, I, I had to manage three stores. So, all right, you, you do this task, you do the, you can assign them a bunch of random things kind of. Yeah. And so you, you create your own job, you create your own description. And so that's um kind of a important point was that we were able to like, yeah, one store at 6K a month, probably not worth it to have a $2,000 a month, $2,500 a month employee on it. And it was it's not enough workload. So how do we expand things to have her, you know, working enough and, and make enough to where it's, it's worth it? Well, it's pretty easy to just make new stores and get new stores to say 3000 a month, whatever. And now it kind of makes more sense where if she's making 2500 a month, She's working on three, four stores that comes out to, you know, 600 something a month per store and uh, frees up our time. So the math kind of works out when you do it like that. And, you know, one of the things that's greatly understated as well is that when you have someone in that position, it forces you to make more money because you're like, I have them like, you know, I got to give them something to do. I think that is one of the most greatly understated things about hiring someone yeah especially if you don't have enough for them to do is it's going to force you to quickly find stuff for them to do and that is just going to like leverage your exploratory powers and your your ability to find you know maybe not new ways but adding more what is it called assets more money coming in whatever Right. It's a gift and a curse because you're reducing the flexibility of your business a little bit, but at the same time, you're forcing yourself to kind of stand tall. We probably wouldn't have had the same drive to grow if we just had, you know, we were doing everything ourselves. So our our time is kind of stuck in the business and um, all that. So anyway, moving on, where were we, Joe? Uh, we were, we're talking looking about- at the we we're talking about Alavino, and then I see we sold another summit for 140. All right, a little bit better. Ram, Ram game, game room. room. Okay, Ram game room, Texas hold'em table. Wait, what's this? What did, did we miss this one? The Sunny Designs. Uh, I don't know. We're all over the place. Oh, that's that's number 12. <clears throat> so Sunny Designs Santa Fe server and back bar. 2413 DC. So we made $285 on it. It was a $1,300 product. So about 20% margin. Pretty good. And take a look at this. It's a typical back bar. But I guess, is this a niche product, Joe? Because it's not something you, it's not something I see people really brainstorming brainstorming yeah i guess i haven't seen too like many students say oh i'm gonna i'm gonna sell servers and back bars uh yeah i'm surprised actually that people haven't really thought of it so this is kind of an example of all right all right our initial idea was okay well we're gonna sell home bars whatever maybe some bar stools and so we get in with this one supplier sunny designs and lo and behold they have just a huge selection of products they have map they have you know, decent margins overall. And so now we see that there's these servers and back bar, which is almost like a, I don't know, it's kind of like a piece of furniture, not necessarily like super bar related, but in any event, now this is a more niche product that we've, you know, been uh, made aware of. So we could have easily searched server back bar, in Google, find out, all right, what other brands exist for this type of product, contact those brands, and really expand this side of the catalog further. But I think our, 
I mean, at this point, we had a bunch of stores. It was like we weren't we weren't going super crazy, but this is a direction you could go down if you know you're seeing okay. I'm selling these sunny designs bar stools. I'm selling the back bars. You know, I made what I make two eighty five, almost three hundred bucks on one of these. Nothing to sneeze at. So <clears throat> already, like, how many different product types have we sold? Ice makers, bar stools, wine fridges, back bars, four different product types. Each of those product types, we could have gone after more brands. And just you you explain from there, you keep going from there. But what's next? The Ram Game Room 84-inch Texas Hold'em Game Table. Again, look at this product page. This is something that's still being sold. Not bad. Not bad, but if you wanted to beat out somebody like this, what's the easy way to make your store stand out? Aside from a discount code. Free gift. Free gift. Why not? What could you what would somebody want with a, a Texas Hold'em table? Chips. Chips. You get them a whole thing of chips. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just send it right from Amazon. Who doesn't want more chips? You can't have enough. The you know. You never have enough. You're having a hold of night with the boys. Have a nice fresh thing of chips. Just move them around in your hand. hand. Yeah. Talking about gambling chips. I don't know what we call them. Not a potato. But anyway, we sold that for eleven hundred forty. No, no, no. We sold it for thirteen ninety six. And. Yeah, made 256 bucks on it. What is this? This is 3409. I mean, the prices got to be wrong here. The, the prices are totally different. This remember, this is 2019. Right. I think the difference here though is um this is okay, this is with the dining top. Okay. So, you see that little piece of wood on top there? It's like showing yeah. it half and half. That's yeah. that's certainly adding to the cost. Um the one that we sold here was about the dining top. Well, either way, the costs we're showing no, here are going to be it was with the dining top yeah that's crazy uh, the cost we're showing here are going to be totally different than the cost now i mean this is this is five years, years of inflation right here you know this is this is covid this is the uh whatever what is the money printer thing inflation i don't never mind Biden economics that meme where the guy's got the the head of the fed's got the money printer and he's I don't know the meme, but no, I do think this is, this says with dining top, but we probably had a variant in there that was like without the top. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, 256, nothing to sneeze at. What's next? Ram game room, same supplier. Hold them table. These are the different things you find once you get in with a supplier. Tiki bars. I never, who would even think of that? So what what do we what do we sell this for here? What's going on? Oh <laughs> I don't know this. He's like the chairman of the Federal Reserve. It's a meme, money printing, whatever. I don't know. Back to back to the back to the PL. Yeah, so we sold this for 838. And what is it? This isn't, yeah. But this works out for you because, I mean, a few years ago, we sold this for 838 We made 185 bucks on it. All right, not too bad. Actually, no. This is line 16. We made $244 on this one. So that's a good margin. That's something like 30%. This is after shipping. So it must have been closer to the shipper. Yeah, 244 bucks. Now it's selling for double the price. That could potentially mean instead of making 
250 on this, you can make 500. So it's all relative. But anyway, again, if I wanted to expand the store out more, already search all the Tiki Bar suppliers, contact them. Now your Tiki Bar selection is expanded. This is the only Tiki related thing that we had in the store. We could have gone, had a whole Tiki section. Yeah, I think Tiki, uh, I mean, there's other Tiki things for sure. How do you feel about Tiki's? I don't really understand it. I don't know what it is. I don't know the origin. So I don't, I don't really have a feeling. Anyway, moving on, line 17. What is this, Joe? Butterfly dull knife. All right, this is, this is, listen, listen. This, we were doing some AliExpress low ticket drop shipping here. Like I mentioned, this store started out, uh, we were selling like different, um, like alcohol accessories, like shot glasses, uh, wine decanters. We were doing Facebook, like a free shipping offer. So it was like a dollar and then they pay like $16 shipping or something. And we had some products on here left over as like remnants, I would guess. And so like we always say, we kept the products uploaded. We put very, very, very little ad spend into them. It's kind of like throwaway ad spend, right? Like if it doesn't spend on the main stuff we want to spend, it would default to this and it would it basically cost like a penny a click. Um, so yeah, that's how we sold some of these butterfly knives. We paid thousands of dollars for low ticket dropshipping coaching. We made this store. We were selling print on demand um, shirts, hoodies, running Facebook ads, again, getting coaching from a, a prestigious low ticket coach. Got no yeah. results, lost a few thousand dollars in the process. Yeah. So we said, screw it, we're going back to high ticket. Converted the store right over to high ticket, same domain, everything. And we left some of these stupid low ticket products on here. And when I went to run ads, you know, just had them, had them on maybe two cents, five cents. I don't know. And, uh, what happens? I don't know. We, we would sell them sometimes. Let me, let me ask you this. <laughs> Do you think given our prowess in terms of ads and in terms of SEO, is it possible to do this at don't any sort? I'm just asking, is it possible to do this is a as a as a theoretical concept with any sort of big return with what we know now? Not not necessarily I from AliExpress, key, but but if we did is is big return. Yeah. How big of a return can we get doing this? It's not it's not worth the time to even try to do this and make 17 bucks on a sale. We got to fulfill the orders. We got to talk to customers because this is coming from China. And what would happen is it would take forever to get here and people would call, they would, they would complain. So now we're dealing with customer service for these $14 frigging bottle openers. And it's like, what? It, now I, what if, what, what, there. I think just for fun. What if it was from one of these modern dropship suppliers like S pocket and they had, it was a warehouse in the U S what then? I don't, I don't know. I just don't – I don't see the point when I would rather sell one item a month, make 3000 bucks selling that one item than sell 100 of these items to make 3000 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I just – out of curiosity, I went to spocket.com to kind of see some of the stuff that they're – I guess some of the screenshots and, and – well, no, I originally went to see the stuff. But as I'm looking at some of their uh, screenshots, I'll, I'll show you something. <laughs> like Kyle Baroski, August 1st, what? Oh, August 1st, August, September, October. So this is like four months, $224,000 in two, two, $224,000 in sales in three months or four months. That's like 74,000 a month. How many of these low ticket trash sales does he have to make? 
Yeah, if he's making if he's doing eighty thousand a month, and his average uh, order value is forty bucks, that's like two hundred a month. He has to sell two hundred items a month. Yeah, and that's that's the best result that they can find. They're plastering it on the top of their uh, <laughs> the top of their website. This entrepreneur. Kyle Borowski, entrepreneur. These people aren't entrepreneurs. Aaron Rafferty, entrepreneur. Like the idea of this being entrepreneurship is just so dumb in my mind because it's like you're not trying to like change the world in any way. An entrepreneur is, in my opinion, is somebody that's like actually trying to solve a real world problem. Like we're not entrepreneurs. We're just business owners. Then this isn't even a business. <laughs> This is a, uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, related to like having a stand at the flea market or something. Yeah. That could be a business. Yeah, let's listen. Let's not put down the flea market people, but you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So let's, let's keep working through this, Joe. We're 30 minutes in. People have questions. We have to get to the questions. So we got to, well, switch the screen back. Okay. So now, what do we start getting into? I didn't do the butterfly bottle opener stuff, but we did get into the Ketco wide triple tap all stainless steel outdoor left hinge kegerators. So, Joe, you mentioned, hey, we were talking about uh, Alavino, and I was saying that they suck. I was saying that they're super saturated. Well, what happened was we found that Alavino and Kegco were owned by the same company. People weren't selling Kegco like they were selling Alavino because everybody was too focused on, oh, I'm going to do wine coolers. Wine coolers are us. Good wine coolers. Guess what they missed out on? The kegerators. Right. And does a, does a customer care if you're selling wine coolers on the same store you're selling kegerators? Of course not. So we contacted, we, we said, hey, let us sell some of these kegerators. I said, okay. So now we're selling kegerators. We are one of the early adopters, besides for some of the big box stores. And now we're selling kegerators. So the margins on these were a little bit all over the place. I will say that. So like on this one, we sold it for $2,000 and then we made 200. Again, 10% margin, bad. But easy sales there was it was a really good supplier actually they had their they had everything down pat easy to work with so can't complain ram game room tiki bar again 185 bucks 20 percent margin another kegco four tap commercial grade i think we had lower margins on this one yeah we made less than 10 percent because the customer used a coupon code again i don't care Easy sale. The one after that, we didn't even make money. I mean, three bucks. Again, I don't care. It, this was, the, it was so profitable with the ads that we were just going to keep rolling with these kegerators. So moving on. Eight Sunny Designs crossback bar stools. 300 bucks profit on a $1,500 order, 20%. Pretty good. Ships... FedEx, UPS, whatever, out the same day, easy money. This one here, who the hell is that? Me? No. I don't know what I said. They charged my card. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I think it is? What? It was that one guy who like uh, flipped out in the Discord. Yeah, I refunded him. Yeah, he got his money back and we kicked him out. I don't know. I think I think I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, let's get let's get to this one. Line 24. Breeze Air WKSL wine cooling system. So this one we got an insane margin on. Almost two thousand bucks on a forty seven hundred dollar order. So that's something like forty percent? Maybe a little bit over forty. This one, I think we got a special deal on. It just everything hit. It was close. 
to the to the shipper. Maybe we got a little discount because it was two. And uh, this was a big unit. We had pretty good margins on this. So what is this product? Let's pull it up. These were wine cellar cooling units. What is this? Basically like an AC unit for your wine cellar. Again, super niche. And this is something I'll, um, somebody, <clears throat> somebody made a comment here. I see most of the profit comes from these two $1,000 profit sales. Well, if you look here, our actual gross profit total was 1100 bucks. Some are more like, sorry, 11,000, more like 12,000. So I didn't get into the ad account to see how like the actual um, ads were dispersed, like what I was spending a lot of money on. But what I will say is, we did spend a lot of money on this company because it's a really niche item. So there's only so many brands that can solve the problem of wine cellar cooling unit. So this would get generic sales. You would get branded sales. And uh, yeah, we were, we were heavily competing on this type of product. So it may have just been that a lot of ad spend went to that too. And you could factor in, you know, that $2,000 sale plus this $2,000 one still only makes up 4,000 out of like the 12,000 we made in, uh, you know, gross profit. So just want to make that point. <clears throat> Any final words on this, Joe? Uh, no, are we going to get into the, the big margin ones? I did. I did. It was a big margin one, Joe. We made like 2000 bucks on it. Oh, but there was another one, the um, right. So the table. Yeah. So now we'll, what do we sell here? Valley Dynamo Panther pool table. What it, dude, this is crazy. 93 inch. Yeah, this is double the price and compared to what we sold it for. Inflation, whatever. Inflation. Inflation. Um, what is there to say? I know we've talked a lot of shit on pool tables. We would still sell them here and there. And also, this is one that we didn't get in with immediately. I don't think. This one, Valley Dynamo was like a, is like one of the biggest companies when it comes to pool tables. And uh, I think we, yeah, we stumbled upon them later, got in with them later in the store after we were already selling other related things. And um, yeah, I still, this is something we had trouble like really scaling. I forget yeah. whether it was competitive or it's just, I don't know. It was hard to control when people would buy these when they wouldn't. So still nothing to sneeze at Joe. We sold one of these. Made 500 bucks. Yeah, I think it just goes to show how important it is to have a variety. Yeah. So another uh, kegerator. Made 106 bucks. Whatever. Barstool, barstool, barstool. Barstool. So again, we're just selling these things like crazy. What about the... I? Oh, I did in another um, tab. If you go to tab two... Well, I'll just paste it in. So this, what is this, Jeff? Oh, margin? Is like the percentage of each product on the total in that month. Which, I mean, yeah, yeah there are some big items, but the little ones, you know, they all... What is this calculation? Uh, basically, I add up all the profit margin and, and like, it's the percentage, so... Like you go to the top row, 106 over 11,731. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And sometimes when you're running a smaller store, as the kids say, it'd be like that. Yeah. Every month you got a big sale that comes in. And I wish I could get those sales every day. But they come in once a month, twice a month. Boom. 
So it is what it is. And this is how it was as well before I keep going here. When we were selling um like conference tables, the conference tables we were we were bidding ten dollars, twelve dollars on a on a click because we knew if we sold one, it was an easy fifteen hundred all the way up to five thousand and, and beyond in profit. So it was a hard thing to sell consistently, but when it would hit, it would hit. And um yeah, I mean, this was many years ago, so I'd like to think I'm a bit more knowledgeable when it comes to ads, but this is what I'm trying to say. Like, this can happen to anybody. I mean, we see it happen to our students all the time. Make a big sale, and it covers all their ad spend, basically. Like, these two sales covered our ad spend. Yeah. More or less. Yeah, that's what they're there for. <laughs> So now we'll get into, get into some of the questions. Well, we're almost done here. Actually, this is the last um, product I have. So we'll look at this one. Again, bar stools, ice makers, bar stool, little pub table. I didn't add that. Yeah. So then this other big one here Valley Dynamo, Firestorm, air hockey table. So look at this product page. You saying you can <laughs> you could make a better product page than this to sell an air hockey table? What do, what do people like with air air hockey tables, Jim? Uh, what do you mean? What do people like? I don't paddle, know paddle, oh paddles, pucks. I don't. Could be you could add what are those. What are those wrist? Like the professionals, they wear those wrist things. <laughs> anything i would what i would do is i would go on amazon i would search for air hockey table and i would look at the also bots mm. and probably what i would do if i had really good margin on this which we did i would think i would find something that was pretty valuable semi-valuable maybe 100 bucks 200 bucks that we can mm. add as a free gift for somebody that bought this just an idea that way you're standing out in the marketplace and people may want, if they, if it's a really good item, then, Oh yeah, I'm, I'll take this with my, like, this is awesome. I'm going to buy with them. But again, something that we couldn't reliably sell. Like sometimes we would sell these, then we'd go months without selling them. So it's like, uh, you can't rely on it. Yeah. You got more? Or should we get to the questions? This is about it in terms of images. So we can kind of just wrap up this presentation and then get to questions. So again, just more hold'em tables. Just more of the same, really. So how many product types would you say this is that we sold out of 44 sales? Um, or 10, 8 to 10, yeah. So... Let's uh, let's get to the questions. Hmm. Can we do it? Yeah. When do you guys think it's best to start a second store or double down on the current one? What helps make the decision? I think if you find that you're struggling with your current store, the CPCs are getting really high. Um, you know, maybe there's no kind of uh, extra suppliers that you can go after, which there should always be more suppliers if you're doing things the way that we're doing. And I, Dade County, I know who you are. So it's like, I, I don't think you've run out of suppliers to contact by any means, but it's give or take because you can keep going deeper into the store if you want. And I'm sure you could expand it. At the same time, though, it wouldn't hurt maybe to start a new store, get a new feel for what a different industry looks like. And, um, you know, because I know you had particular struggles with like things like getting impressions initially. And I feel like you kind of get sparse, but good 
margin sales. Maybe you go into another industry, one that's maybe less niche, almost like a barstool type situation where you can make more frequent sales. Again, it gives you a different feel. So it's something we could talk about. Um, but there's no there's no right or wrong answer. Like back in the day, all we really knew how to do was get stores to make a couple of thousand bucks. And then we just make a new store because like going from 2000 to 10,000 and staying at 10,000 consistently or something, um, you know, that's, that's something we struggled with. So it was hard for us just to have one store, but I, I see, uh, Jacob is chiming in here and he was saying, Hey, Bob, been a while since I've spoken in discord, but I made hundred K in a month from robot lawnmowers and robot pool cleaners. <laughs> so this is a kind of a, a counter argument for having a, uh, starting a second store, right? Like, can you dive deeper into the store that you have and, and try to grow it? So Mark said, ah, seeing the margins like this with your products listed and seeing how it was for you is really useful. I'm with Berkman. I'd love to see an inside look at ads. Good video idea answers. Jacob said he had some chargeback issues and had to pause things. Why were you receiving chargebacks? Jacob, were the robots breaking? He said, you guys are right about niche and search volume. LOL. I prefer underground niches. It doesn't matter the niche and search volume. Yeah. Boom, boom, shack said, I'm suspended from Google. No sales from 1.5 months Bing ads. Can you tell me what's wrong with my site? If you share your site, we'll take a look. Um... Yeah, Dade County. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad if you wanted to start a second store, but at the same time, you could always go deeper on on the stores that you have. But sometimes it takes that second store to make you realize it. So I believe, Dave, when you feel like you're capped out with your main store in terms of product types, brands on board, and have refined your ads to a point where you can't scale anymore. Oh, I believe when you feel like you're capped out with your main store. Right. So, like the, the store that we're looking at here, we were nowhere near capped out right we don't even have multiple suppliers for these different product types correct me if i'm wrong joe well what do you mean i'm not sure there's what you mean by that thing, there's not one thing on this list that's the same product type from different suppliers the same product type from different like suppliers. we didn't sell bar stools from any other brand other than sunny designs right we did carry some other ones but we never really sold them yeah but think about how many bar stool brands exist yeah like could be thousands and we didn't really dive into that stuff like the wine cooling systems yeah there's not a whole lot of them there was maybe three or four brands that existed but again, just the, the concept of the store was, you know, like home bar, game, that type of thing, right? So there were so many things within that category we could have kept expanding to. And by the end of this store, um, we did have more like kegerator type suppliers. We had more, I think, wine cooler suppliers. And um, we did expand it out a little bit. But even things like there's so many niche things like um, even just selling. Let me pull this up here. For us, too, it's always been kind of like a feeling like it's not even necessarily like we don't do like a calculation in terms of we're capped out now. It was it was always like, hmm, I wonder what that industry would be like if we went into that. So not everything has to be like a, a calculation of sorts. You could just have a feeling and say, you could go out, you know, you could, I remember being out and about and seeing products being like, oh, that's a niche, that's a niche, that's a niche. So I feel like that could be a, a driving force as well. Cause you know, when you're paying attention, you start to see things that, you know, you see things in a new way. It also depends like how much free time you have. Yeah, exactly. You have a bunch of free time. Yeah. Start a second store. Who gives a shit? You can run both stores pretty easily simultaneously. Like we had 
four or five stores we were running. Yeah, and that's because we had a lot of time to make to make all these stores. Right. If we were like a job at that point, that would have been, you know, pretty shitty. But that wasn't the case. So one thing I was going to say here was, again, like there's even um, commercial like uh, glycol taps. So you see that the thing on top here, the spouts basically glycol. What's that? This is something I found right as we were going to sell the store. And so we never actually got into it, but like mm -hmm. it's a whole separate product type. Um, glycol, cool, glycol bar tile. Let me try searching that. Yeah, glycol beer, beer, beer chilling system, micromatic. Okay. 12KR, beer garden, polished stainless steel, cool right, glycol cooled, 12 tower top system. Right. So, like, you can get into these commercial type tap systems. And I get so many things that can that can go on within this realm when you set your store up the right way. And that's really the, the, the big point. Yeah. Um, so, where were we here? So Joe SEO question, what's your take on using your own PBNs with HTK SEO? Um, I feel like it's not, I mean, you could certainly do it. I feel, so we've done a lot of, a lot of new sites lately, um, just for a couple of local projects. Have used some PBNs, have used some other things like that. Uh, what I will say that I think is the most effective way to boost your seo is you got to do your on page correctly um so you know you got to make schema and do like well you don't have to do that for like a shopify store you just get the json plugin or shopify plugin or whatever um but then running ads is going to be the most powerful i i think running ads to to something is a bajillion times more powerful than pbn's or any sort of link building strategy. Cool. Um, I'll just say we had we had two two like local clients, and well, yeah, two local clients. Um, one built basically the sites are virtually identical in two different areas. Um, one was getting a like I guess a lot of ad clicks the other one wasn't just because of the search volume the one that started getting a lot of ad clicks went right to position one and organic. Uh, what's that organic organic yeah yeah because yeah. i think with all the ai content out there all the new pages on the web um you know you want to make it really really easy for google to crawl your site know what it's about and put it into its organic index. And what better way to do that than to to pay it? <laughs> and to hopefully be profitable on it too. That's the other thing. Yeah. You know, you don't want to do that. I wouldn't do I, I would do this on things I'm gonna be profitable with. That that's what it comes down to. Your ad strategy and your uh, SEO strategy should be profitable in synchronicity. Hassan asked, if two prominent brands in my niche consistently decline collaboration, should I consider omitting them? Despite their presence in my competitor stores, but they've been established for a considerable... I mean, I get your point. Well, what are you omitting them from? If they don't want to work with you, then just it is what it is. Uh, you can, yeah, maybe you don't, you don't have to contact, contact them ever again, but it doesn't mean you can't have a, a successful store. Yeah. Jacob is helping uh, answer these questions. Haitian buffet said happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, Haitian buffet. <laughs> That, that name and then the picture of uh, Buffett, <laughs> I feel like, is making my brain melt. Yeah. 
Ecom said, was this profitable right from the start of the month or only once you started getting the big sales? Because if you didn't get the two big sales, you would be at break even. Again, it's important to consider, okay, out of the, you know, this is why like, the long, like if you could go a month without touching your ads or like freaking out and making changes, things can kind of work out. But again, I don't know how much of this went towards, you know, like the Valley Dynamo stuff or the, you know, the breeze air, whatever. It wouldn't have been break even. We still would have made around 2K. Right. But you have to, you have to consider where are you running ads to? And so also what I'll say is this, this store was always profitable. We never had a, a break even or a lost month on the store. So it's kind of like every month big sales would come in. It's hard to get, I mean, let's see here. Yeah, we had, we had these two big sales coming. We also had $500 profit sale, $600 profit sale. See, this is a, a Kedco one. Normally it didn't get great margins, but since we sold two of them, we really saved on the shipping cost. Got a good chunk of change out of it. Um. So yeah, I don't know. This is just a raw look at what what an average month looks like. So maybe on another episode, we can look at a different month and see, but I kind of just picked a month because some months we make 9,000. Some months we make, you know, three, 4,000. So I, I tried to find something in the middle and this is what it was. So. <laughs> now I'm reading, uh, Haitian Buffett, he's got a... Oh, it's not, it's not yeah, yeah. Stupid. <laughs> okay. How do, got a question. How do you guys charge customers when suppliers charge you additional fees? Last minimum. Because of storage or customers not picking up their phones. Um, This is just something a lot of times you just kind of have to eat and deal with. We've certainly dealt with this good chunk and it's, you know, it doesn't happen super often. And what are you going to do? Tell the customer, Hey, you got to pay 200 bucks if you want to get your item and they file a charge back. And now you're scrambling to get your $2,000 item back. It's not worth it. Just get the item delivered, take the hit, move on, you know? Also, were there any chart changes in ads budget or ad bids during the month or just running the whole month at the same since the start of the month? Yeah, this is what I don't know. I couldn't get into the ad account. So I'm going to uh, see if I can find a way in because we don't own the store. We sold the store for six figures. So yeah, I, was, I wasn't able to uh, find a way to access it. How much did you guys have to pay to ship those big tables? What big tables? Like the air hockey tables? Yeah, this could be, I think we're talking 2019 numbers. $500, $600 shipping. But the margins were really good, so it was built in. Again, same with this. You know, had the margin built in. Even this stuff wasn't cheap to ship. This is okay because this is like sticks basically, but this wasn't cheap to ship. This isn't cheap to ship. This is cheap. Cheap. Pretty cheap. So any good supplier should give you enough margin to cover shipping costs and have plenty of profit left over. The 
the bigger players, more desirable brands, I haven't been able to get in with. The main issue of running two is the current store. So thinking about scaling it with a second store in a different niche, maybe new product types for the current store. Yeah, do both. Haitian Buffett. <laughs> Thanks for answering my SEO questions, Joe. Going to be running a luxury wellness, saunas, spas, showers, etc. store in Australia. Cool. Haitian Buffett said, what do you think about the farming equipment niche? My initial thought would be anything that's going to be old timey and industrial like that, you're not going to have a real drop shippable scenario. What are you going to, what are you going to drop ship tractors? Like there's again, any old industry, they're usually pretty stuck in their ways. And so they're not used to a drop shipping model. So what you're going to find is probably bad margins, no map, that type of thing. And so you can go after this idea. You can certainly pursue it, but you can instead maybe approach it from a homesteading type store position. So you can go after all the farming stuff you want, even, you know, chicken coops or whatever. Like there's plenty of farming things, I guess you can dream up but if you if you frame it under homesteading then it gives you a better um uh, <laughs> you should make this your profile image is that a haitian buffet he's at according to the ai image generator yeah he's at a haitian buffet he's the only white one in there <laughs> i think he only eats mcdonald's right i thought that was trump I think Warren Buffett likes his likes his McDonald's too, for sure. Yeah. Maybe there's something to it. If uh, I don't know, making all this money, maybe the I don't know the fast food uh, something to it. Less uh, brain energy. Yeah. To eat a meal, you just drive up, drive in, consistent output. <laughs> Yeah, consistency. I put a lot of a lot of like uh, energy into thinking about food. So maybe if I can remove that, I would make more money. Put more energy on focused on money things. Yeah. There's that. Uh, it's like a meal replacement. It's called Huel. Yeah. We like oats and stuff. Yeah. Just uh, just live off Huel. <laughs> But I think life would get pretty boring if you were doing that. It's like the like those those developer schmucks would always uh what was it called like Soylent? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, these developers have been trying to reinvent the wheel of uh how to quickly. I try to disrupt the eating industry. Right, they're trying to they're trying to disrupt the eating industry and have you know these quick easy meals when McDonald's already figured that out. <laughs> Frank Espinosa loves Huel. There you go. I never. I, he's getting engaged in his. Pro See, he's he's making it happen. Yeah. So let's see what's. That's about it, guys. So uh, I mean, John, I know what you're about to pull up, but people go to buildassetsonline.com. They want a free strategy call on how they can build high-ticket dropshipping stores as well. Yeah. It seems like the uh, the audience liked it. The audience liked this episode. I knew this would be a good one, Joe. Ha Haitian Buffet, I appreciate you guys with the free tips. Y'all made me money. There you go. Nice. Haitian Buffet made money. Jacob Odia made money. Dade County Local is making some money. Ecom, I don't know who that is, but you know, people in here, people in here are making money off these methods, John. Yeah. All right. Listen, I'm getting hungry. I think I'm gonna go uh, 
McDonald's? Yeah, I'm gonna go drive through Mickey D's. Hey, quick and easy, then you're back at it. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's wrap it up then. Thank everybody for coming along. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up. Please comment, and um, happy to do more of these. Maybe next time we'll find an ad account to look at. So let us know. Go to buildassetsonline.com. You want to learn how to build your own high-ticket dropshipping store you can sell for six figures. Take it or leave it. But as always, take it easy.